Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, we are back in the studio. Uh, we didn't mention it on the program yesterday, and, and I hope you don't get tired of hearing this, but the Reformation Boise Conference is back for 2021. Uh, we are meeting two months earlier than we did a couple years ago in September, September 17th and 18th, right? And uh, we have two wonderful speakers, Dr. Robert Godfrey and Dr. Terry Johnson. Uh, these are, you know, kind of heavy hitters in the in the stream that we uh, that we swim in. Uh, Dr. Robert Godfrey, especially, he had has taken over essentially R.C. Sproul's position at Ligonier Ministry. He was a former president of Westminster uh, Seminary in Escondido, California. Uh, written a ton of books. Um, it's going to be a great conference. It's on the theme of worship, um, and this essentially is what we were made for. And it's it's interesting that. I'm going to say this very graciously, but the reality is all of us probably know less about worship than what we think we know. And all of us are probably less biblical about worship than what we think we are. Yeah. And so I, I have heard, um, these men read on these men on this subject and, and have been helped immensely on just a better and more biblical view of worship. And so I'm so excited that they're coming and hopefully provide a, a corrective to some of our our tendencies towards unbiblical um, views of, of what worship really is. Well, it's going to be great. Uh, you can go and register now. Registration is open, reformationboise.com. It is a free conference. You don't want to miss it. So we are in post-resurrection appearances of Christ. Yeah, we, we've been working through a passage in, in Luke, Luke 24, about uh, these two disciples on the road to Emmaus that Jesus comes and, and meets, and then Jesus provides this just wonderful, insightful um, sermon through the Old Testament where he interprets passages of Scripture so that they understand what was said about him all throughout the Old Testament. And really the heart of the message is that there was going to be one that was going to come, suffer, die, and would rise again. And the glorious reality is that that one that rose is the one that will also ascend to the right hand of, of majesty on high and who will come again. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really the full-orbed picture of the Old Testament that the disciples of the first century didn't understand. Right. And so Jesus lovingly helps them see that. But it's interesting that we're told later on in the text that their hearts burned while Jesus walked them through the Old Testament, mm-hmm. but they still don't know Jesus. Mm-hmm. They still haven't recognized who's on the road with them. Now, now I think that they were saved. I, I do too. But they didn't recognize the the person standing right in front of them. That's right. So they get to the end of their journey. Jesus is going to keep going, and they impress upon him that they want him to stay. stay. 
I just want to do a quick plug. Um, I know it's not the, the principle or the main point of the text, but I do want to just highlight, because I think it's something that is often neglected, is hospitality. And so I think there you do have a picture of what true hospitality is supposed to look like here, mm-hmm. that the two disciples are saying, no, 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 we want you to stay. We want you to remain with us. And it says, stay with us, for it's towards evening and the day is now far spent. And it says, so we went in to stay with them. And I just think we, throughout the New Testament, there is an emphasis on hospitality mm-hmm. that I think we don't truly appreciate um, in the West. Especially, especially in America. We I, don't have people in our homes as much as we ought to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You went to uh, Puritan Reformed Theological Seminary. Were there some um, Africans there while you were attending? There were. Yep. So I've, I had this conversation with Paul, and, and I've met a couple of them when I went back there. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, we have a friend, a, a common friend named Paul. And uh, I got into a conversation with one of the Africans while I was over there, and he was like, yeah, one of the things I miss uh, about being at home is that we can just show up at each other's houses whenever we want to, and that's just our culture. And I don't feel like I can do that here. Mm-hmm. Kind of made me sad. Yeah. Once again, not the point of the text. No, but, but I do it, think it's an important application. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, so um, they sit down with Jesus, and by the time they stand back, back up, everything changes. So, uh, mm-hmm. What's going on here that all of a sudden he is revealed to them? Uh, Jesus takes bread, blesses it, breaks it and gave it to them. And then the text says, and their eyes were opened, which is interesting because earlier in the text we read, but their eyes were kept from recognizing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I read into this that the opening and shutting of their eyes was divine, mm-hmm. that God prevented them from seeing and recognizing Jesus. Yep. And then at the end, God graciously allows them to see Jesus Christ. And there's something about the breaking of the bread, that Mm -hmm. they were sharing a meal together that brought about this this realization. I I don't think this was... um, It's interesting, when I I read some of the commentaries on this, I don't think this is a sacramental meal, but the language is exactly the same Mm -hmm. in in some of the other places. Jesus took the bread, he blessed it, he broke it, he gave it, and in that very act, Jesus is known. So there, there is at least a a shadow of what's going on here. Jesus reveals himself in the word, though they didn't know it yet. And Jesus reveals himself in the sacrament, in the, you know, the thing that points to the sacrament, you know. It feels very much like there's some of that here. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I mean, is it that in the breaking of the bread that they see his nail-pierced hands? Right. I mean, it could be something so earthy as as that yeah um but they both recognize at the same time just like they were both blinded at the same time i think one one application for for this right here is that um jesus changes everything i mean they sat down with a stranger so so to speak and when they rose they knew that they had been with the savior so at the beginning of this walk they were in despair and now uh because of their their time with Jesus, Jesus opened up the scriptures to them, and now their meal together with them, the rest of their life has been completely altered. And um, that really is a mini parable of what Jesus Christ accomplishes in people's life. There's nothing that can change us um, like Jesus. If you 
I'm not to be cliche, but if you if you don't have Jesus, you have nothing. Mm-hmm. And if you have Jesus, you have everything. It's not like these men's lives were going to get easier. In fact, in a lot of ways, they're going to get much harder. But they had the risen Christ in front of them. And if you can remember, the men have are the the two disciples. I see. I keep wanting to say that they're two guys, which they might have been. They may have been. They may have been. They want Jesus to stay because the day is 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 far spent, is what the text says. It's getting to be nighttime. It would no longer be safe for somebody to be out on on the roads at that time of night. But once they recognize Jesus, the text tells us that they turn around and go back to Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. That's a seven-mile track. I mean, it's probably one and a half to two hours of walking um, if you're making pretty decent time. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a serious commitment. Well, why, why are they? Why do they feel compelled to go right then? Why don't they just wait until morning? Why don't yeah. they wait until it's safe? Why don't they wait till the next day? I mean, yeah. what's so urgent? You got to tell the good news. You have to tell the good news. Yeah. This is what it means when we encounter Christ. Yeah. When we truly understand the significance of what it means to know that Jesus Christ not only died but he rose again, mm-hmm. um, that he is the living one. Yeah. And love makes us do crazy things. Yeah. Maybe I've told this story before, I'm not sure. But when I was in college, I had a friend that had worked at, um, so I went to college in Northwest Iowa. This, uh, my best friend, or one of my closer friends in college, had worked at a Bible camp in Bozeman, Montana. And he had... Um, began dating a gal. She lived out there, went to college out there. And he came to me and said, I'd like to go visit her over the weekend. Um, would you help me drive out there? I can't make it all by myself. And I said, well, I, I, I'm not going to miss class for it. I had a Friday afternoon class. I can leave after that, but I need to be back for my Monday 745. And so he said, that's fine. So we left. You are a good friend. <laughs> so we left on Friday afternoon. It was he, his brother, and myself. And we were driving this Ford Fairmont or Mercury Zephyr. I don't remember. It's the same car with a different label. And we were driving starting Friday. We're going to drive through the night, get to Montana on on a Saturday morning. He was going to spend Saturday day, Sunday through. We're going to go to church with him, eat lunch with him, and then turn around right after lunch and drive back home. So I don't remember. It's something like... Almost our drive time was more than the, the time that he had to actually spend with her. But that's what you do when you're in love. Yeah, Your heart wants to be with the one that you love. Yeah. Your heart goes out and, and it makes you do yeah. things that I would say no way to my kids if they ever asked me to do something that's stupid. I would be like, yeah. that's, that's ridiculous. Why would you do it? Yeah. Um, but the reason why you do it is out of love. And, and, and perhaps some of you who are listening, you're thinking, well, I don't know if uh, I've experienced that type of love towards Jesus of late. And and that's why I think this text very much applies Mm -hmm. to us. Mm -hmm. These disciples were called foolish because they didn't believe the word. And and here's where we can be kind of, again, functional unbelievers. Um, Dear believer, you serve a risen Christ. He is literally at the right hand of God in heaven right now, interceding for us. He's given gifts to the church. Um, What is more important? than the risen Christ in your life. What uh, crisis could you be in? What trial could you be in that could, that could outweigh the benefits of serving Jesus? 
And if your hearts are dull, apply what the text says. Pray to God and say, can you open up my heart to see Jesus Christ in your word? Go to God as you open his word and say, God, by your spirit, yeah. help me to see Jesus Christ as I read Old Testament, New Testament, yeah. doesn't matter. Well, I think that's so key in this text. Their heart didn't burn because they saw the physical Jesus. They they were blinded to it. Yep. They said, didn't our hearts burn when he opened the scriptures to us? Yes. So we have that same access today. You don't need to see Jesus face to face to have your heart burn. You can have your heart burn by going to the scriptures and seeing them with your physical eyes. Or sp- spiritualized. Yeah, and I actually think that's the point of Hebrews 11, that what is by faith, what is unseen is more real than what is seen. Yeah. That that's what the, the heart of Christianity is, that we believe more in what is unseen than what we do with our, our what we see with our physical eyes. Yeah. And and what that means is that we we pray to God to say, make the unseen seen. Yeah. Make the reality of Jesus Christ real to me right now in my life as I study and read in your word. It's not about gimmicks. It's not about trying to to create something. It's it's really fundamentally about going to God in his word. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know and that's not what he wants to show us. Yeah, it's not flashy. I get it, but but it is how God works, and it's way more powerful than flashy. Yes, yes. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We hope that you have been benefiting from these broadcasts. If you want to go back and listen, just go to your podcast app and subscribe to the Gospel for Life. We'll see you next time. 